Hello humans and welcome to the Siobhan Lu Show. I'm a breathwork facilitator, Kiska Kai practitioner and most importantly Scottish. This show is here to inspire, encourage and give you all the knowledge bombs about everything healing. I love sharing the tools and life lessons that have transformed my life as well as talking about wine, my dogs and of course my relationship. Thank you so much for pressing play and I look forward to sharing this epic journey with you. Let's go! Welcome to the Siobhan Lou show. We were just like getting so excited because we've not seen each other. Is it been like two years? Is it two? It's been like probably longer than two years, two years at least, which is crazy because I feel like we just like every time I watch your stuff on Instagram or like listen to anything you put out, I just feel like, you know, you're, you're just kicking butt and taking names. And so I feel like I know what's going on in your life. even though we're not. Yeah. This is honestly, this is like the positive of social media, like being able to connect with people and their lives. And you know, when you get on there, like with your face and you're like, I just love like your stories and what's been happening. And what was it? Your, um, was it umbrella chats? Is this what I'm remembering? Oh my God. Everyone, literally everyone talks to me about those. Um, yeah, the umbrella does. Diaries. So Diaries, I was yeah. in Seattle like this time last year, probably no, maybe well, I was in Seattle. Yeah, this time last year. Yeah. And um the whole time I was there, I just was like doing these things called the umbrella diaries. Cause I believed that like it wasn't just about the umbrella, it was about the culture of Seattle. So in Seattle, everyone like it's rainy all the time, no one wears umbrellas, which I don't understand, or they they don't like put on an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Like they they like kind of don't they don't do anything to their appearance, which is fine. No one needs to, but like, if you do, the problem I had it was like, if you do something to your appearance, like if you curl your hair or like put on makeup or like, you know, try to present yourself in a way that feels like more, um, I don't know, even a little dolled up and I'm not a girly girl, but like, I like, I enjoyed that. Like it was nice. And I was going to my office, whatever I was going to work. People look at you like you're fucking crazy. And they really look at you crazy. If you're wearing it, if you're using an umbrella. So I was like intentionally wow. trying to go against the culture yes. by wearing an umbrella and like being myself, like, which is, um, you know, someone who likes to put on makeup every now and again and like yeah. trot around in shoes with heels. Like <laughs> I'm not always that way, but, um, that's so I amazing. certainly am into it. <laughs> yeah. I just can't, like, I've been to Seattle before. It was actually one of the first places I traveled to um, when I first started my traveling. And I just can't, like, I, I can't remember. It was so long ago, but I can't remember it being like that. Like, is it just a real casual, laid back kind yeah. of whatever? It is. And it's for a lot of people. And like, I thought the nature was amazing. I have no, like, I would never say anything like horrible about that place. It just wasn't my city, you know? And I always felt like I was the kind of uh, the odd woman out because of the way that I was like raised or like, um, you know, the way I like presented myself or Mm. just even I'm a very like, uh, can be a pretty like kind of bubbly person. And so there's not like a a lot of people are pretty chill. So um, it's great for folks who are like that. But yeah, Yeah. it was, it was like kind of an interesting experience for me. (laughs) That's so fun. And where are you based right now? So right now, up until um, literally Monday of next week, I'm in Washington, D.C., and then I'm going to be moving to Costa Rica for two months, and then I don't know what I'm doing after that. (laughs) I'm going to have an idea. 
So yeah, cool. yeah, I caught you at the, at the right time. So what's yeah. happening in Costa Rica? It's like, this is like one of my travel goals, <laughs> purely for like all the, the magic that's there. But yeah, tell. Um, okay, Siobhan, I have no idea what's happening in Costa Rica. <laughs> I decided to quit my job. Um, my last day was Friday of last week. And, um, you know, I have my own, I've had my own company for a while on the side, but I also decided to start up a second company. So now like I'm done with my corporate job and now focused on two things, uh, these two other things. And, uh, as part of that release from my job, I decided to like leave my apartment. I decided to end like a relationship. And I was like, I need to go somewhere. And I was doing some journaling in the morning. And sometimes I'll do like creative writing as part of that. Yep. And I was talking about or, like writing about a character who picked up and like went to Costa Rica and had all this freedom. And so I was like, wait a minute, like maybe that character is me. Yeah. And so that's what I decided to do. I'd never been, I don't really know that much about it. I didn't know where I was going. I just like texted a friend when you had been there and I was like, Hey, I'm going to Costa Rica for like a month and, and maybe two months. Like, where should I go? And he was like, no, Sarah. So that's where I'm going. Cool. I'm going to stay in a tree house for a little bit, oh. a little bit. <gasps> Love. And I have no idea what else is coming. Literally none. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I used to do that when I went to Bali. Um, I just was kind of rock up and be like, okay, what, what's going to happen here? But Costa Rica is like full of just awesome. Like, I think I follow a few people that are living there at the moment. And, you know, there's so many cool retreats and, and things that go on there. And they're very into their healing and plant medicines. And yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like a specific place to go. So yeah. I'm like particularly excited that I get to be there and like the energy seems really good. Yeah. So I've heard nothing but like amazing things. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. But you're going to have to, are you going to do like Costa Rica diaries when you're over there? I should. I definitely have told people like that I'm going to keep like, keep everyone up to date on what's there. And like, I'm going to really post more on social media because I think, um, as much as I feel called to do, like, I'm not going to overextend myself, but I yeah. definitely will use that as a tool for like, um, expression and like what's going on. And like, I feel like I've led people, at least folks who follow me online and my friends, my family, I've led them through a bit of a journey so far with like my, like saying like breaking free from a lot of things and yeah. then my like decisions and now like my actual time in the space feels like it's going to be a continuation of what um they've already probably expected or want to hear more about not that they think not that I think people want to hear from me but like yeah absolutely I'm gonna post about what it's like to be there what I'm really searching for is like a bit of freedom and a bit of space yeah. and I felt like it was somewhat arbitrary where I went as long as I felt like it was aligned mm. and uh, Costa Rica just felt like the right place, you know? Wow. I'm so excited to follow this journey <laughs> as well. Cause it is, it's cool. I love following other people's journeys. I always say to like, you know, my close friends and my partner, like my guilty pleasure is reality TV because I'm just, although most of it's scripted, but I'm just obsessed with like following along with other people's lives and what they do. And, you know, you attract the same type of people. So, you know, yes. we all just like following each other along. I know we're just following our, each other's lives. And yeah, the thing I realized is like what I, what I was seeking was a lot of what I was seeing in other people, people who had like left this sort of structure or, or like 
these, these confines in their life and like started something new and like took risks and took chances. And like, I really saw a lot of myself in that. And I just wasn't really feeling like it took a while for me to get to that point where I could step out of the construct that I was holding myself in or like the belief system that I had to actually do what feels like the most aligned. So that's, that, that was a journey in of itself. And I really feel like it started maybe a bit before, like, you know, I've been doing spiritual work, whatever that means for, um, you know, quite a, quite a few years now. Um, and I would say my real kick in the ass journey started when right before we did David training together when we, we connected. So, um, it's been about two, two and a half years since then. And it's like the culmination of all that really intense work that allowed me to be like this confident in my decisions. So it's fun. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I think it's the same for all of us, and especially like the other facilitators I've had on the show as well. But for people that don't know, because I've not even said, I met Emily on our breathwork training course, and Emily's also a breathwork facilitator. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you, we did the course together. It was fucking life changing. It was so incredible, like the best. And we just had the best bunch of people on that course. Um, and then when you did that, you kind of went into, um, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but into more the corporate kind of breathwork facilitation. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? That would be awesome to, um, yeah, to hear all about it. Yeah, for sure. I can tell you a bit about that and then kind of how I've morphed it because I think that that's a component of it. So after, so yes, breathwork facilitation is a hundred percent something that I do just like Siobhan, of course you do too. Um, and my real focus, my, my, my mission, I think what really lights me up, I'll say, and what like I'm all about is the intersection of spirituality and business or AKA the balance between your heart and your head. Um, I really believe that like, sometimes when we're in our business minds, we're so over-indexed on our thought that we don't connect with our body. We don't connect with our heart, like our true sense of purpose. And so we create things that actually aren't stuff that we're proud of, or they create things that cause harm or like aren't compassionate or whatever. Mm. And so my intent with all of the tools I've ever acquired, breathwork being one of them, is to try to fuse that into truly my life, which was a very corporate heavy. I was at Amazon just until recently. I um, uh, have worked in like governments. I've worked in like startups. I've worked basically creating creating businesses or, or like, uh, companies or startups, basically either within a corporation or within its own. So like, I've always been like creating new things or starting things up. And what I realized in that was like, as I worked with entrepreneurs or like took on that entrepreneurial myself, that like our whole lives are our business and our whole spirituality is also reflected back to us in our business. So like all of our shit is mirrored to us in our, in our boundary setting, in our, in our taxes, in our bookkeeping, in like everything, in the way we interact with clients, like our business is not separate from our spiritual selves. Our business is a reflection of us and where we are in our lives. And so like, it is inherently just a tool, just like a relationship is to show you where your blocks are and like where you have the opportunity to grow and expand as a person. So I truly believe that like business, business orientation and corporate in the way we show up in corporations is a true manifestation of our higher self. Mm -hmm. So because of that, what I did was try to take, or what I did successfully was to take breathwork as a tool and integrate that into the, into the corporate world. And the way that I've done that in that container, and I'll tell you kind of how it's evolved is in two ways. One, I hold, um, uh, breathwork space and circles for teams 
and uh, corporations. So like a whole team or like a, a group of employees will get together and actually breathe together, which is like wild, if you could imagine, because it's so not the norm. Yes. Um, and also, I do a ton of one-on-one coaching, uh, breathwork facilitation, I should say, um, with almost exclusively uh, like execs within companies or entrepreneurs. Those are, those are almost exclusive. And it's the same sort of mindset. Like you have to be a certain type of crazy, but like the, the, uh, the construct is slightly different. So um, what I have kind of evolved into now is infusing breath work and all that, all the empathetic practices into supporting essentially um those business owners, those entrepreneurs and like balancing the head and the heart. So like all of the business know-how that I have from helping like hundreds of entrepreneurs get started or like launch things myself, do that with the highest integrity possible, AKA integrating breath work, integrating like, like somatic therapy, integrating meditation, like really aligning everything you do in your business to like how energy is moving through your body. So it's like, it's like a really fun hybrid thing. And like, I, I bloody really, love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And people need to do this in the context of the, I believe this, not everyone has to believe this, but I believe we need to integrate this into our business lives. We can't just spend all of our time doing spirituality over here and then all of our time doing business over here and then mm. try to think like, oh yeah, they're just going to overlap. Well, no, mm-hmm. you have to be really conscious about like, bringing those two things together and like diving deep into both, I think are are valuable. So, you know, there's a lot tied into that. (laughs) I so love that you said that because it's actually the way I always look at things because I firmly believe that like wherever there is, I wouldn't say like a weakness, but wherever there's work to do in terms of business. And I I was even scared to call it a business because I'm like, oh, do I like, is it a business? Do I have a bit? But and, you know, no, now is it I, making money? Then it's a business. Well, <laughs> it's my, it's now it's my full time job. So I'm like, it's officially a business, you know. Business. So wherever yeah. there's an area that needs work, I'm like, well, this is reflecting back at me. So where do I need to work on it? And I think it's so important, you know. Like you can get all these different types of coachings, but it's really good to have that person that can guide you. It's like, okay, well, where's the weakness in the business? Because it's a reflection of you. You know, and same as your clients as well, I feel like, you know, I think it was David that said to us, you will just attract people that are similar to you or like you, ones that maybe want to challenge you, ones that are maybe, you know, the same as you that you can help. Um, Yeah, I think it's just a really lovely way to look at it. Nail on head. And I'll I'll tell you like a couple of things off of that. One, I was doing um, some journey work myself. And I remember really sitting with, and for those of you who don't know, it's basically sitting with certain type of medicine to help you like expand your consciousness. And Mm. um, I was really sitting with my job and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't understand why it's rocking me so hard. And I had this visual of the energy of the job being like an energy that was like literally attaching onto me and like kind of not in like a mean way, but like kind of like tussling me up a little bit. Like it was really working me and like, not like I was going to work, but it was working me. And what I realized in that whole exchange and in my time at all of these really intense businesses was that what was really happening was I was putting my authority outside of myself. Mm. I was saying, I don't want the burden of taking full responsibility for myself and my actions. I'd like to put that in something outside of me because that feels safer and it feels easier for me to separate my responsibility and my actions from like my rest. And so 
over time, what that often creates is a sense of tension with people where they're never fully satisfied in their jobs. Because even as they rise up the ranks, they realize that like, even though they have higher and higher authority, it never takes precedence over the business authority. And so Mm -hmm. the no matter what you do, no matter how high up you are, your authority, your self-worth is essentially always uh, circumvented by what the company thinks and what the yes. company. And so a huge part of it was like the way I was able to build up the courage to leave my job, to focus on my own thing, to be reliant on myself is I really, really, really had to be held to the fire to say, how much do you, do I, Emily, believe in myself? Like how much do I trust myself? How much do I trust myself? And how much do I trust the universe as part of that? Like Mm -hmm. higher self, me, universe, like how much trust can I place there? And if I can hold that trust, then things will flow. And yeah, it's been a kind of wild ride. (laughs) But exciting too. It's like, you know, um, Uh, I I think I say it nearly in every show, I'm always in awe of people that just jump into the void. Like they're just jumping, trusting, same as breathwork. We're like jumping to every single breathwork session, like, fuck. (laughs) Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, that's the thing that I I do with folks is I try to hold them to their own shit, essentially. Like, yeah. You know, if you're unhappy, like, well, well, why? What's standing in the way of you making the decision to change something? 99% of the time, it's your own self-worth. So like, there's plenty of things you can do to change that. And it's also really hard. Like, it's not like I just say this and tomorrow it's changed. It's like, it comes down to that sense of efficacy and, you know, everyone's a little different, but yeah, generally it's like a consistent pattern. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's so true. Self-work, I mean, it always does, doesn't it? It always comes back down to that. And again, this is why breathwork's so powerful because it's the one thing it showed me so much. It was Same. just like, bang. Same. Breathwork is the most, it is the most transformative thing I've ever done. I mean, yeah. And I would say about, uh, maybe about a year ago now, I started doing breathwork every day, mm. even just five to seven minutes. And I mean, yes. you know, you know, Shema, I mean, that is, that shit will change your life. And it does. It a thousand percent does. It's like, you have no excuse for handling your own shit in that moment because you can face it all right there. Even if you don't logically know what you're processing the ability to release and feel that sense of freedom in your body means that you're calling freedom closer and closer to you. So mm. it's like a manifestation of what you want, which is like the release, the openness. It, it completely transformed my reality, like hands down. That was yeah. it. It's so true. Can you like tell us some of the main, I mean, I know there's probably a million cause we all have a million, but what's like the main things that breathwork has shown you, or even like, do you remember your first session? Yes. Oh my God. Can I tell you the story, Siobhan? You're going to laugh so much. So the first time I did breath work, I hated it. Yeah. Hated it. I wanted to run away. I was so angry. I was like, I'm never doing this shit ever again. (laughs) I was working with a life coach at the time. And to be honest, I had just a lot of built up anger and that's, that's fair. A lot of us do. And so I remember the first time I did it, it was actually transformational breath work. So not the exact same that we practice. I personally love our version way better than (laughs) breath work. So So I was doing the breath work practice and my whole body cramped up, like Mm. everything, my head to my toes, to my core. I'd never been in so much writhing pain voluntarily in my life. Like it was so bad. And then people were like, screaming around me and like wailing. And I was like, where 
<laughs> like, everyone listening is like can relate can relate like, like what is going on who are all these crazy people like yeah why did my coach bring me here and I remember getting in the car so we could drive home and I was like yeah I, I'm never doing that again and then my my life coach went out uh, moved away came back into town and literally the only time I could meet up with her or find time was the time of the breath work class. So I was like, well, no fine. I'll just come up and go for the second time. And now I know what I'm, I'm just not going to breathe as hard. I'll just lay there. Like, it's not going to be a big deal. So I did it and I still breathed a good amount, not the whole thing. And I still cramped the fuck up and I was like getting the same reaction. And so I thought, huh, this is interesting. Maybe it's, maybe it's actually me. It's maybe it's not the breath. And then the third time I did it, I did actually our level, our type of breath work, which is yeah. more of the Dave Elliott style through um, one of my like dear friends, Kathleen. And I had the cramping, but it was way less and it was so much more manageable. And I actually felt like I could breathe a little bit. And then I, I asked her, I was like, who taught you this? And she was like, or how are you trained? I asked her what was going on with my hands. And she's like, yeah. oh, that's, heart opening and the way that she described it she looked at me with such knowing and like good job and I was like what <laughs> and then she, then I asked her who she who was she trained by and she said Erin Telford and then I went home that night found Erin's website and signed up for her level one yeah so I would say I like jumped the fuck in and I was like this is painful I don't like it and there's something for me here so I'm just gonna do it <laughs> It's so, and I was exactly the same, like the same as you, the whole cramping, my hands were like fists. And I just, I always say this, I'm like, I must be bleeding. I must be bleeding. Am I bleeding? Like, I just thought my nails were like piercing my skin, but it was so painful. And so, um, like, it really made me look at my shit to the point I'm like, why does not, like, why doesn't everyone know about this and sign me the fuck up? <laughs> because I was in so it's like, much it's pain. Just- it yeah. unlocks you. And I think what I've learned from it is like, I can hold my emotion. Like yeah. I can hold it and I can release it when I'm done with it. And like, I yeah. don't have to let it stick. And so I'm no longer afraid of the fear. I'm no longer afraid of the grief. I'm no longer afraid of the sadness. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer afraid of the anger. Like I just know that it has to move and it's going to move and I have to experience it and love it. And it's like a very... Um, I think it's a really, really important practice. Like, I don't think I would be the same if I didn't have it, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Same. It, it literally changed my life. And I always like to say as well, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone has to do it. If you really don't like it, that's fine. You know, but for some of us, it's really, really life-changing, you know? But um, yeah. yeah, getting back to it, what was the main things it showed you? Oh yeah, I forgot to even mention this. Okay, let me ask, let me think about this. <laughs> Well, um, there's a lot of stuff that it's unlocked for me. I would say that first and foremost, um, the number one thing that I got from it first, I wouldn't say the number one thing, but one of the things I got from it, that's a huge highlight is, um, in the practice, they make you not, they make you, but like you make noise, you scream, you can, you say things out loud. Yep. You like, you like yell, like, it's like emotional. You laugh. And I, when the first time I went to it or like the third time when I was in Kathleen's class, I was like, who are all these crazy people? Mm. And what are they speaking out loud? Like, that's weird. That's so weird. And gradually over time, I realized my hang up was that I just didn't think I could take up space. I didn't think 
I thought I was being disruptive by being loud or by expressing myself or by saying the things. And slowly over time, I completely let that shit go. I was like, I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs, bloody murder, because God damn it, I have to. I don't care. And I realized that me doing that and expressing helped others also feel comfortable to express. And I'm sure you've experienced this too, Siobhan, like where you're holding space for like a group, right? Mm -hmm. And one person feels free and they express and they do their thing. And then the second that person goes, everybody else is like, oh, well, they can go. I can go. It's giving permission, right? Yes. So it gave me permission to speak up. It gave me Mm. permission to be myself. It gave me permission to be loud and like not timid and recognize that when I am that way, I'm giving everyone else permission to be their fully expressed self. So that was number one thing. Number two, it really, really helped me move through all sorts of emotions are really related to like my life, my overwhelm. I, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned, had a very intense corporate job and always have had intense corporate jobs. That's my own shit I'm working through. And in those moments where I felt like it was just too much to handle, like I thought I was going to collapse from all the stress or the anxiety and just like really, really hard stuff. I would pull out my breath work, like seven minute practice, and I would just be able to move through the things I never thought I could move through. So it not only was like a release, but it was a lifeline for me in so many ways, because I could always empower myself to deal with some of my shit. When I always felt like I was stuck, I could, I could change that narrative with an action. So it it empowered me too in that way. And it's just like, it's always there. It's consistent practice. I know that whatever I'm going through, it helps me process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mentioned, I even like ended things with a partner and I was feeling Mm -hmm. a lot of grief from that breakup. I think we've all been there. And, um, I couldn't sleep. Like I was up at three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep. It was too much to bear. And so what do you do in that situation when it feels like too much? Well, because I'm, been training and breath work for all this time. And my body knows it's like, it's okay. I was able to do the three-part breathing and I got so much clarity and so much insight and was able to like forgive and cry and like all of these things and eventually get myself back to bed and process. Like I wouldn't have been able to make it through that as easily if I didn't have the tools. So lots of things this, this has given me, it's not just one, you know? Yeah. I know it is. It's such like a huge list, but definitely with the emotions as well. And, you know, when I start, I'm like, I can't believe how many tears are in there. Like, is there more? <laughs> Where are they coming from? You know, like so many tears. I'm like, have I been suppressing all of, all of these tears, you know? And it really does. It opens yeah, that yeah. kind of portal to just be like, you know, something just a little bit sad. It's like, let's cry. Let's just cry right now. <laughs> I could not agree with you more. It's like, I just want to, I just want to like, you know, feel free to express. And this practice gives that to me. Yeah. And the cries and the screams, like you probably remember when we were in training, it's just like people were screaming, myself included, like for like 40 minutes, just like bloody murder, like, it was so good. And this is what I kept saying. Like, I couldn't believe that there wasn't a group of people or there wasn't this kind of, or maybe I just didn't find it where like in Melbourne or in Australia where I was. And I'm like, we need this. We need this everywhere, you know? And then it's like, okay, I'm going to create it. We're going to do it. And we're all going to scream and yell. You know, I always encourage like ugly crying is kind of like my thing. I'm like, let's come, let's ugly cry. 
Let's get small everywhere, <laughs> tears everywhere. Let's have a tantrum. You. <laughs> You're like, yeah, messy with it. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, have the time and move, you know. And every time I like hire a space, I'm always like to the like, you know, the people I'm like, look, is anyone else gonna be in the studio? Because this is what happens. And they're kind of like, um, no, like you'll be fine. I'm like, no, really, like it's it's really adult tantrum time, you know, but in the best possible way and it's so true one per- and as soon as you said like one person kicks off I can literally think of the people that do it and then everyone else does it yes, you know? and yes. it's like if any- yeah. anyone listening who comes to the groups like try and be that first person next time make it your challenge for like I'm going to be that person to just yeah. give everyone else permission well that's it I mean you are of high service when you do that you know and and Mm. Um, you don't have, it's not, you know, and as you know, it's not like you, if you don't do that, you're not great, but it's like, there's a lot of people, who, everyone I think is holding back. I think Aaron, I don't think you've ever, did you ever get trained with Aaron Telford? Well, do you know what was so funny? Because I initially went to do level one with her and couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do level one anyway. I was like, damn, I really want to meet her. And I was messaging her yeah. anyway. I could only get onto David Elliott's course the one we met on it was a full course and I knew deep in my heart I'm meant to be here to facilitate groups and it's kept coming through and I'm like well if I did level one I couldn't do groups so I went on to David Elliott's course and I was there and she walked up she came and I and she was looking at me and she's like wow look at the way the universe works because we met you couldn't come on my course but you were meant to be here and I was like oh so I've never but I still want to do one of her courses for sure because now you know I yeah I just want to go back and and do one and yeah it'll be cool every time I take any sort of breathwork course I always learn a lot like it's never it's never a waste of time or money or effort ever like I've done a lot of trainings multiple times and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing, but I think it's healing. And then you connect with amazing people and mm-hmm. you find so much about yourself that, um, I don't know. I didn't even really know was there. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's so true. It is. I mean, we've just connect, we've met the most amazing bunch of people from our course, you know, I know <laughs> it was nuts. I just feel like we were so blessed with the people who were there. I mean, it always yes. is like feels so divine and so orchestrated. And it really opened me up in such a core way. Like I, I know the other thing I always, always felt was fascinating about this work is as a facilitator, the reminder, and it was so transformational for me. Like we are facilitating, we are not the healers, like we are healers, but we're not like, we are not the healer. Like the person in front of us is doing the healing. We are hundred percent. And so I will never forget during my first training, I was level one with Erin. Um, she instructed us to, to sit next to our partner as they were lying flat and doing the breathing and to not touch them, not to lean into them, not to do anything. We just were supposed to witness them breathe. And like, it was this lesson that just you being there, if you don't do anything else is enough. And like their breathing and their process is going to do what it needs to do. Yeah. And like, I just remember even in those moments when I didn't have like someone actively facilitating, just sitting there, I still had powerful, powerful experiences. And I think now I've gone through this wave. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are of this too. Siobhan is like, I went through this wave of feeling like I really had to do a lot to be a good 
facilitator. Like I had to like spend so much time on my playlist and like really think about each career. I mean, like do all of this stuff and like say the right thing at the right time. And then you get to this point where you realize like, oh, that is not helpful. (laughs) That is my own shit. And so can I get to the point where all I'm doing is holding the space and just kind of listening to like what I need to say when and like have fun. That's it. Yeah. And every time I do those sorts of practices where I'm just relaxed and having fun, like I, I always have like the most power. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of Keith's ceremonial cacao. I've been working with this gentle plant medicine every day. It's been opening up my heart, creativity, and giving me boundless productive energy. For my community, I have a discount code, especially for you guys, on the Keith's Cacao website. If you type in Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-N 20 AU 90 at the checkout and email me if you have any questions on how to prepare and enjoy your block of love. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I'm definitely about that. Sometimes I think I do mine a lot from intuition. So I let spirit, intuition, everything guide me all the time. Sometimes my playlists take literally two minutes to do. Other times they take a whole day. But no matter what, when I go into the class, like from my intuition, someone will say, and they'll be listening, someone will say, that song really resonated this time. And I was like, honestly, no no one tells me what to do. I just sit in it and I'm like, this song, this song. And sometimes I'll sit there and I'll take them out seconds before the class. I'll put another swap over. Yes, yes, it's right. right. Okay, so what I've also started to learn too with my music, my playlist, is that certain songs bring up certain things. Yeah. And as you probably know. And so I don't know who needs that. I don't know why they need it, but I'll know, oh, we're playing, we're playing this song today. Yeah. And that means something to me as a facilitator, which means I don't know what exactly they're gonna process, but I know there's gonna be something here. And I gotta be really vigilant during that song because I have to facilitate with my own heart, like the openness for whatever's gonna happen, like just show up in, in, in concert and know. And so, man, I think that's, that's the piece of experience that I feel like I've really gained is like how to understand my music and like what sort of music do I play and how, what energy does that hold? And like, what sorts of experiences do I feel like my clients or like my, you know, the people who work with me, like they have most often. And, you know, it's just, it's all information. It's really interesting. It's so true. And not also on the other side of that, there's songs I sometimes play and someone's like, Oh, you know, like, I just really didn't like that song. It really triggered me. And I'm like, cool. Why Good. did it trigger you? Why did it trigger? triggering? What's it bringing up? You know, I'm, I yeah. never take offense to anything. Cause I'm like, no. well, what's it bringing up for you? Like, and then they really sit in that and journal about it. And they're like, shit it came from this memory it got played at this time this was going on in my heart and my body you know so some songs are like oh that was amazing I felt so much gratitude and clarity and then the other side of that it's like that really fucking triggered me you know so can go from both ends I'm curious like have there been without obviously naming any specifics like have there been any moments or people or groups that like really rocked you or like really were hard for you 
the only yes yeah the only <laughs> I can like really speak on this because the only time which I've kind of learned is like a, a universe thing the only time a group's really triggered me is when someone else has booked a group in not told them what they're doing and said hey we're going to do meditation they come there's masses of resistance there's no I can't flow with it they're all just really uncomfortable so my new thing is unless the group don't know fully what like breathwork meditation healing is they don't know who I am it's not happening so it's a big no-no if someone's like hey I've booked like all my staff in I'm not telling them what it is I'm like no (laughs) it's not happening so that's happened with two two groups and as soon as the second one hit I'm like never ever again because it didn't feel I feel like people need the choice to do this like it's their healer is they're their own healer. You know, they need the choice to be like, Hey, I'm going to jump into this work or this resonates, or I feel called to it. If they're not, I'm like, I'm not there for it because I want them to be fully open to doing breath work. Yeah. But yes, that's a thousand percent. I mean, I feel like that I've had that experience too, where people Mm -hmm. are like, well, I'm not really sure what it is. I'm just going to offer this up. And I mean, I get, I get why they're doing that. And also maybe they themselves, this is the thing I think is kind of funny. I think because breathwork has become more popularized, mm. people have an idea in their head based off of like yoga or like what they see in meditation apps of like inhale for a count of three, exhale for a count of three, <laughs> yeah. inhale, hold the breath for three, exhale. And so not that those are, are wrong or bad. Those are actually probably pretty amazing. They're really good. Um, yeah. Super helpful things to definitely do. And breathwork and this style is not that it's like, it's, it's not controlled. I mean, it is kind of like, it is a bit more free flowing. Um, there's yeah. so much that goes into it that like it, and also nothing at all. So, um, I always find that kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's definitely like the, in terms of like resistance that's come up for me. And the other thing is, um, people doing the breath work and then sharing it with their friends, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, just be careful with that one. You know, you want to have like a guide or a facilitator and you want to be in contact with someone that can, can really help you, you know, guide you through it. So I'm always like, if you want, just find someone that's done the training, find someone that can help you process your emotions that they do come up, you know, or follow, follow some sort of guided work while you're doing it. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. I think it's important to have support as you move through things, especially if it's new, because there's so much stuff that could come up. I mean, obviously if you're like a practiced person or you're just, you're curious about it and you want to take it easy and, you know, go slow, that's fine, obviously. But who am I to judge? I mean, part of me also thinks the folks who just jump right in or go to a friend or whatever, like that's also part of their experience and part yeah. of their journey. And like, yep. Maybe it is for them. Maybe it isn't. And so in that regard of someone who books the space, who doesn't actually know what's going on, like, absolutely. It's a lot of resistance and that doesn't feel in integrity, but also like how interesting, you know, that they get exposed to that maybe against their will, but also like what part of them is agreeing to that on like some like ex- external, like an additional level, you know, and not to say like that we shouldn't give people choice, but like, oh, it's interesting. You know, it's not like it's anything. You can always just lay there and not do the practice. You can always- yeah not do it. You can opt out. It's not like it's being forced. It's just something to be exposed to that's potentially uncomfortable. Interesting. It's true. And it's the other thing I always say to people as well. Just remember like, this is your space, your rules, your body, your session. Do what you want in that space. And if it doesn't resonate, it's okay. You know, 
Okay. And then you get psychopaths like us. They're like, that was so sore. It hurt. I hate it every second. How can I tell everyone about it? (laughs) I was in so much pain. It was great. Let's do that again. Let me, Uh, let me commit my whole life to this for a weekend and just see what happens. Yeah. So true. So true. And did you, did you sit with any sort of plant medicines before you did breath work? Uh, breathwork predicated plants. Um, I had one journey, a plant journey before David's, Mm. um, actually really like right before David, it was like, I went and visit and did a breathwork with Aaron. I had a plant journey and then I went to David's. So it was right beforehand. And that was really powerful. Yeah. And then following that I've had several. And so I've been integrating them. And actually what I found is really good is that when I'm in a journey space in a community, I'll oftentimes either like be programmed in as offering breath work after a journey or before, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, just as like, if it's just a group of small, like a group of friends, like I will just facilitate it because I think it's really powerful as you move so much energy as I'm sure you are like, have, you know, no, you can get so caught up in the stories or the experience that you had with the, with the medicine that I find that the, like, it's almost like a loofah or like a scrub brush. It's just like the breath work goes through your body and is like, what else is stuck in there? Okay. Get it out. Like it helps with integration. And I really think that's, that's powerful. Um, yeah. I think it's important and, um, I've seen so much benefit from things like that. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, honestly, some of the most powerful breathwork experiences that I've ever gotten to facilitate are after journeys or before journeys, because your body is already so at that level that you can just tap into some crazy ass stuff. Like it's great. I love it. Cause I'm always like figuring out ways of, you know, either going deeper or different ways to discover it. But yeah, you would just be so open. This is why I say people like, you know, after your breathwork session, go and just journal. I love how you said um, your creative writing. Is that just like how, explain it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So um, my, a lot of the work that I've done in corporations is actually in in marketing and um, a huge part of my roles in the past and not always, um, I kind of go in and out of this depending on the role or decision, but my last job, I did a ton of copywriting. I wrote, um, the brand voice. I wrote all of our content. Like it was just, it was part of a, part of a startup. You have to kind of do all the things. And sometimes it doesn't matter how senior you are, you have to do the fucking writing. And so I, I really started reminding myself how much I loved it. And, um, it was, I got to sit with, uh, the creativity of a story or how to communicate a message. And so through that, I really got, um, curious about what creative writing could do for me. And I, and what it was interesting, what first started this was, you know, maybe, uh, like a year ago, I don't know, a little less, a little more. I would just be like walking down the streets, like grab a coffee or go to the grocery store or something. And I would just feel like these characters or these people who like were represented in character form, like these ideas or thoughts of things would come to me and I would just start to like really want to get to know them. And it was almost like this energy outside of myself, almost like an external spirit or guide or whatever that I could um, interpret as like a story, a character story, like a, a character in a story. So I would sit down and as I would feel that energy come through, I would sit down, I would just write. Um, and I would just, for the sake of writing, not because I'm trying to do anything with it, but just because it felt good. And it mm. felt like the most inspired and creative places. And it felt like 
really creative and, and silly and fun. And I could explore my, my interaction with this external energy. And so I have found now that spending time every day with a little bit of writing practice, I'm not much of a, I like to journal, but I'm really not a good consistent journaler. Like I should probably get better at it, but I'm more of a verbal processor than I am a like written processor. Yeah. And so I do a lot of voice notes and stuff, but like the writing, the sitting down and the writing creatively has provided so much space for me to explore my own reality through the projection of the story that I'm writing. And so that has been fun. I've uh, joined a writing group with, uh, with a group of, um, I'm part of this community that like teaches shamanism and not oh. like, not like related to plant medicine, although that's like a component, I suppose mm-hmm. it's about like the shamanistic way of living and how to be in community with like the, the, the earth and the plants and all that. And there's a writing group as part of that. And so I've started to join, I joined that and I've been like creating different, you know, stories, short stories, pages, things like that to come in community around. So I find it very therapeutic. I find it so joyful. I feel like, um, I don't particularly want to put like goals or objectives on it. I just want to have it, you know, um, and maybe one day I'll, I'll release some of these kind of fun stories. They, they are certainly, um, you know, for me first and foremost, and then maybe others. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's such like, it's a really cool idea as well for like people listening just to do like another form of journaling. And I also like how you said you, you like, you know, you're more of a verbal processor, like try and f- like for people listening, like find your own way and your own tools that work for you. Like fair enough, if it's not journaling, I have one of my um, clients, she records herself. Like she records as if she's talking to like, you know, a therapist or someone records her post breath work downloads, if you like, or realizations, cause she doesn't like journaling. So, you know, I, but I love how you said about the creative way of doing it. Cause it could just be another way of kind of, you know, exploring yourself, isn't it? And like exploring your creativity right. as well. And like when you were story, are you writing, yeah. you know, and like, what does that say about where you are? So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, and when you were saying that it just popped into my head, I remember at the end of our course and David saying to us, I'm in a room full of writers. Do you remember yes. you saying that? Oh <laughs> that's so funny because yeah so many of these people were like writing books or wanting yeah. to write a book or a memoir and I did not say that but I was like oh yeah I mean I I know he really forced like reinforced the importance of creativity yeah and like we had that whole day where people could like sing and dance and like read poems and I never really got it truly I was like this is like kind of a bit like, like, I mean, I loved all people's stuff, but, and I, and I certainly supported, I loved all of the things that people yeah. said. I myself was like, you could not pay me to like get up there and like read a poem. And it's so brave that people could do that. Yeah. But I, at that point was naive and I did not understand the point of it until I really had that experience of the connection and then the creativity flowing through, through me. And then I was like, Oh, this is an exchange with the universe. And so this is a way to get more clear on how we exchange and how we have to be in service of things. And like, now I freaking get it, David. Like, I mean, I don't get all of it, but like, I can understand it for me. And so I always laugh at him. He has such a good, he has such a thoughtful way that he does things where the method is the madness and the madness is in the method. So I like, I have a lot of respect for the way he teaches through the way he lives. 
You know? Yeah, I love it too. And there's one thing before we finish up, I really want to touch on it. It's one thing we've, I don't think I've touched on in a podcast. And I think it's so bloody important. You said the word exchange. It was the one thing, the main thing I took away from this whole course. And I would love for everyone to listen about the way David explained this method of exchange. So, you know, um, and I actually said it to Tom when we got home, um, my partner, and every single time we do something, Something, we're always in our heads saying, okay, is this, is there an exchange or a fair exchange or will there be an exchange? You know, so I guess like I really, I'm trying to think of a way to look at it. Like say taking breath work as an example, if I offered breath work to someone and they're like, oh, Hey, I can't afford to pay for it. It's like, okay, well, how else can there be an exchange? You know, you could, um, you know, leave me a review or you could walk my dog or, you know, there has to right. some sort of exchange. And now every time I do something, I'm like, okay, what's the exchange? And for myself as well, like if someone's like giving or doing something for me, you know, it's about like giving back and giving that exchange. And I just think when you said the word, I'm like, we have to discuss this because it's yes. something yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, I think exchanges is about the flow of energy. And if you yeah. think about money as a manifestation of energy and love as a manifestation of energy and, and acts of service as a manifestation of energy and like attention and all these things, the manifestation of energy, then, you know, it's certainly important that we put food on our tables and support ourselves. And yeah. it's also important that we feel like our services are valued. And so yeah. if you feel like the services are valued, even if it's not with a monetary gain, then who gives a crap? Like yeah. as long as you feel aligned and you feel the flow of energy and it feels even then, then when you have that level of exchange, no matter what it is, as you know, like then you can actually show up more fully because if yes. you feel like you're being underpaid, then there's going to be some kind of residual resentment or the exchange is off. There's going to yes. be some sort of residual energetic shit underneath the surface. That's going to make it like a less harmonious session. Yeah. That's such a lovely way of putting it. And saying that that's kind of like resonated with like a, a previous job I had of being like underpaid. And there was always that resentment and resentment yeah. just is so like in terms of energy, it's not good <laughs> to have no, it in the body. And it's the same with relationships. It's a really cool way to look at it as well with relationships. So me and Tom really have that game now as well of, of exchange, you know, we make it fun. And, you know, if he does something for me, it's like, what's the exchange back? But in a really like loving way, you know, and just, yeah, there, it has to be, I think in every area. So every time we do something, we're all, both of us are on, it's like, well, what's the exchange? You know, it's really cool to give each other accountable with that as well. Cause it is, it's a really lovely flow. And I think if people can really look at that in their lives as well, you'll be like, Oh, wow. It makes sense. Yeah. I really love that. I mean, I think, um, the pulling that into relationship is really powerful. I'm going to have to sit with that too. Um, cause I think it matters, you know, you want to make sure you, if the partnership feels balanced, no matter what sort of exchange it is. So yeah. yeah, it's important. It's a really important topic. And one that I think, um, the important part is being in integrity with yourself because it's easy to be like, Oh, this is an exchange, but then really not mean it. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So that's important. And then there's a whole bunch of learning related to our own self-worth. So yeah. Oh, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And before we finish, can you tell people about your little, you've got a, like a side project. Is it the unmute? Am I right? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. So in addition to this like business entrepreneurial heart head thing I talked about, I also for the past five years have run a company um, that is now uh, a partnership with a, with a, with a friend of mine or a business partner of mine, who's also a friend um, that mm-hmm. specifically focuses on helping companies achieve radical inclusion, uh, specifically mm-hmm. when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So Wow. It's uh, it's a, it's an organization that sits right at the intersection of um, right now policy and marketing. So our intent is to try to build empathy within the workplace so that employee, like employees can show up and actually like build more trust in themselves and in their customers. So, or, and attract like customers in a trustworthy way. So essentially right now we sit at this intersection of business and our marketing and policy. Um, and essentially what we see in the marketplace is, that marketing companies will, or like marketing arms will say, Hey, we believe in this. We believe that black lives matter. We believe that like, you know, trans life matter. We believe all these things. And then, you know, you look under the hood of the company, you look at their policies and you're like, uh, I don't think you actually mean that. And so there's a lot of that gap. Right. And so what we do is we bring those company units together to align them work through their own shit around their own biases and implicit biases, and then come to a position where like there is alignment and there is clarity and there is um, truth. And so what we're doing is restoring trust and integrity uh, of customers and companies and also moving change forward through the lens of radical inclusion. So yeah, it's, it's fun. So it's a fun powerful. Time. <laughs> so powerful. I love it. Well done. Just you guys. doing a lot of stuff, you know, and, and to me, that's a manifestation of, drawing heart and like head together, like business and spirituality, all at that intersection to me, I I don't care how I manifest that. I just want to do it. And wherever I feel like there's like a gap, that's where I want to show up. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm so excited for your journey. And when do you take off? When do you go away to Costa Rica? (laughs) I leave on Monday, April 5th, which is like crazy. (laughs) We'll need to do a catch up episode so you can tell us all when. Oh my God. Like, do you think you'll come back? (laughs) What a really insightful question. I, so I think here's what I, here's what I think. And we're, mm-hmm. we'll use this as a, as a, as a place to start. I, and I'll just have yeah. it. I don't fucking know, but I'm going to put this as what I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, feelings aren't necessarily a truth. They're just like what I'm sensing. Yeah. They're you there. Know? They're there. So I think what's going to happen is I'm going to come back to the U S after like six to eight weeks. And I'm going to spend like a week, uh, in Asheville. Cause I have, uh, like a connection to that place that I want to spend some time there. I think that I'm going to probably spend some time in Florida. Cause I have a client that's down there that I want to connect with, uh, in person, barring mm-hmm. obviously shots and vaccines and everything. And, um, then I'll be back in DC where I'm, where I am now for my birthday. Cause that's in June. And I want to be with my friends and family. So I'll spend some time there and then I'll probably head up somewhere like Austin or Denver. I don't know, somewhere in the U S that's like a little bit like, you know, open to like nomadicness. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'll just kind of take it from there. I just, I just have a feeling I'm not going to come back here right away. Mm. Like I'm going to keep going. That's my, that's my I have a feeling that you're not going to either. <laughs> I love it. We're in the same feeling. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah. Siobhan, I have to come to Australia at some point it's, it's on my list. Here's, here's my like extra kick in the pants. 
I don't know if you know about astrocartography, but it's basically where you take your astrology and you overlay it on top of longitudinal and longitudinal lines that like coordinate based off of degree. And it shows you like where are really powerful places for you to show up and like where are you powerful places for you to be. And literally the entire coast from like, like, Sydney to like, or like Melbourne, or maybe it's like mm-hmm. Brisbane. I don't know. I'm probably getting that mixed up. Like the whole gold coast of like yes, the Eastern yep. coast of Australia, my like sun line, which is like a good line to lit, like to be in is right along the coast. I'm like, well, fuck, I gotta go to, gotta go to Australia. So come, can you come? We have a bedroom. We have space. Come and stay. We do. I mean, okay, great. We live I, in the country. But- oh my God. I'm obsessed with this. And I will 100% keep you posted because as you can probably, as you know, we are cut from the same cloth. Like when we say we're going to do something, we just do it. We do it. We totally do. Totally do. We just do it. So I'll keep you posted on that. So I don't know, um, but I do know it'll be a bit undefined. Yes. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Emily, for an amazing conversation. I'm actually more excited for our next conversation. (laughs) I mean, this was brilliant. Um, I am so honored to be a part of this conversation and a part of this wonderful show that you're doing. I am such a fan of your work as always and your spirit and all those things. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you you so much. And if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? You have to follow her stories. (laughs) Oh yes. So my, the, 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 um, the easiest place to follow along with the day to day is my Instagram. It's just Emily Rosowski, um, Emily, M-I-L-Y Rosowski, R-A-S-O-W-S-K-Y. It's just, it's just my first and last name. And then, um, my website is that just the.com Emily Rosowski.com. And that has, all of the business work that I do. And then last but not least, if you're curious in the DEI work, the diversity inclusion work, my website is letsunmute.com because my company is mm. called Unmute. Cool name. So, cool name. so many ways to get in touch with me. It's, but Instagram is the catch-all. I'm yeah. pretty good about my DM. So if you message me there, I'm, I'm super cool to respond. Yay, I love it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to round two. Girl, we're going to have fun. I, I look forward to that's going to be a different life. So yay. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome.